If I asked you how many subscriptions you have, would you be able to list all of them and how much you're paying? If you would have asked me this question before I started using Rocket Money, I would have said yes, but let me tell you, I would have been so wrong. I can't believe how many I had and all the money I was wasting. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. That's rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Breaking news tonight, state of emergency. Record-breaking flooding in Michigan after water breaches two dams, forcing thousands to evacuate. Evacuate the area. Houses submerged, the roof of this building torn off, the National Guard moving in. And all of it in the middle of a pandemic as workers screen evacuees for coronavirus before they can take shelter. We're on the ground tonight. All 50 states ease restrictions. After almost two months, America begins to move to reopen. Ford temporarily closes two plants after workers test positive for COVID. How the major automaker says it is keeping its employees safe. Racing to a cure, what happened in monkeys after they were exposed to the virus. The results tonight giving researchers at Harvard hope for a vaccine. New guidelines. The CDC quietly releases its 60-page reopening roadmap. Why now? And the advice for schools if a student tests positive for COVID. Anger over voting. Why the president threatened to withhold federal funds from two states over their rules about mail-in voting. Demanding a refund. Airline passengers who canceled their trips want their money back. Why some airlines are saying not so fast. And the pandemic sparks a new outbreak of bike riding. This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell, reporting from the nation's capital. Good evening and thank you for joining us. It is great to be back with you. We're going to begin with breaking news of historic floods in Michigan, which tonight is under a state of emergency after torrential rains caused one dam to fail and another to breach. Rivers there are still rising as we come on the air, and floodwaters in some neighborhoods could soon be as deep as nine feet. 10,000 people have been forced from their homes and into shelters, where tonight the governor is asking them to wear masks and maintain social distancing. Michigan is already dealing with one of the largest coronavirus outbreaks in the Midwest, with more than 53,000 confirmed cases. Nationwide, there are now more than 1.5 million confirmed cases, and more than 93,000 people have been killed by the virus in the U.S. Tonight, all 50 states have now lifted some stay-at-home restrictions after Connecticut allowed museums and offices to reopen and restaurants to serve meals outdoors. But heading into Memorial Day weekend, experts are concerned about infection spiking after seeing outbreaks in some areas that have already reopened. Well, there's a lot of news to get to tonight, and our team of correspondents is standing by. CBS's Janet Chamlain is going to lead off our coverage from the flood zone in Michigan. Janet? Nora, the flooded river that swamped neighborhoods like this all over Midland has just crested tonight, but the danger is not over. We learned that Dow Chemical has enacted an emergency plan to keep flooded chemical ponds from spilling over. There is damage in every direction, 
but no loss of life. This is the moment raging water bursts through the Eatonville Dam in central Michigan. Moments later, 10 miles downstream, the floodwaters overwhelmed a second dam. The dam has failed, 100% failure, evacuate the area. The breaches sent more than 10,000 people scrambling in Midland and two nearby towns. Emergency responders going door to door to evacuate residents. From the air, the waters seemed to stretch to the horizon. Roads, cars, and homes were no match for the life-threatening waters, rising five feet deep in some areas. I've been here approximately 26 years and have never had this type of situation occur. The sheer power of the surge seen here, an asphalt road ripped from the ground. The governor warned downtown Midland could soon be under nine feet of water. We do know that the water is continuing to rise, albeit at a slower pace, but that's why we've got to continue to take this seriously. Midland High School is now an emergency shelter. More than 100 people, many elderly, spent the night in the middle of a pandemic, sleeping in socially distanced cots. Everybody was literally leaving. Everyone is packing their up. stuff, rushing, and they were rushing because they said that this is the, they were saying it's coming right now and they were running out of time. Days of record rain across the Midwest have stressed the fragile infrastructure. This, with the dam failures, will equate to the equivalent of a 500-year flood, something we've never experienced before. The two dams that burst were both built in the 1920s. One was recently rated poor. State officials will be looking at that to see whether their age contributed to the devastation here. With the river having crested, the water will start to slowly go down, and it's only then that people will get in and be able to assess the damage to their homes. Nora? Janet, thank you. We want to turn now to the COVID-19 pandemic. The last 24 hours saw the biggest rise yet in new cases worldwide, 106,000. The head of the World Health Organization says that shows there is still a long way to go. And tonight, all 50 states are beginning to reopen in one way or another. CBS's Molalengi reports tonight from Connecticut. It's a big day. We've been pent up. Connecticut has now joined every other state to partially reopen. For boutique owner Anne-Marie Sten, it couldn't come soon enough. Retail is difficult. We are, as I say, cautiously optimistic. In New York, a move to ease fears of transit riders, killing COVID with ultraviolet light. Around the country, relief and worry. Two Ford plants in Chicago and Dearborn, Michigan, that just opened on Monday, had to temporarily shut down after workers tested positive. I'm worried right now. Social distancing really doesn't really doesn't work. After being disinfected, both plants are now back online. But concerns remain at the supermarket. A report today from the United Food and Commercial Workers Union claims at least 68 grocery store employees have died from COVID-19 and more than 10,000 exposed or infected. Many of those workers have received hazard pay, which chains like Kroger are now ending. Our community needs us more than ever. So more than ever, we need Kroger to back us up. Help us. In a statement, Kroger claims it had already issued $700 million in what it calls appreciation pay, plus hero bonuses. But many still can't work. Barbers protesting and cutting hair in Michigan, purposely violating the state's stay-at-home order. Our rights don't come from the government. They come from God. As Americans clamor for normalcy, every day brings reminders that the pandemic is still with us along with signs that life as we used to know it is slowly starting to return. 
Well, while there are signs of life at businesses in Connecticut that reopened here today, many are still wondering whether enough people will feel safe enough to come out and keep these shops afloat. Meanwhile, beginning tomorrow, residents in New York will be allowed to restart religious gatherings limited to 10 people or fewer. Nora. Mola, thank you. Tonight, there are promising new results from researchers in Massachusetts who say they have taken a crucial step toward proving that a vaccine can protect against COVID-19. Their study involved monkeys, and CBS's Meg Oliver has more in our series, Racing to a Cure. Researchers at Harvard Medical School revealed stunning news today after they immunized 25 rhesus monkeys like these to the coronavirus using DNA vaccines. We showed that vaccines induce antibodies and the vaccinated animals are protected either partially or fully. But we also showed that the levels of antibodies correlate with how good the protection is. Dr. Dan Baruch, the lead author on the study, has called today's results a breakthrough. Researchers used the DNA of the spike protein for the coronavirus and inserted it into a plasma DNA vaccine. This helped the monkeys develop higher levels of antibodies, which lower the level of the virus following exposure. So how optimistic are you that you could get similar results in human trials? So while data from humans will require rigorous clinical trials, these data in an animal model increases our optimism that the development of a vaccine for humans will be possible. Researchers say eight monkeys who were exposed to the virus had no detectable trace of it, while the rest had very low levels. Any idea how long the immunity lasts? That's a very important question, and we did not address that question in these studies. Dr. Baruch says this is just the beginning. He hopes today's findings will help accelerate vaccines in human trials. Meg Oliver, CBS News, Montclair, New Jersey. And this news tonight, President Trump says he will stop taking the drug hydroxychloroquine in two days. This is he threatens to withhold federal aid to states preparing for mail-in balloting this election season. CBS's Weijia Zhang joins us now from the White House. Weijia. Nora, tonight CBS News has also learned through an administration official that some CDC staffers worry their science is being squashed for the sake of reopening, and they are frustrated because they say President Trump, not medical experts, has control of public messaging. For President Trump, the time to reopen the country for business is now. We're going to open up very big. We're going to open up, I, I call it, transition to greatness. But new CDC guidelines for reopening places like restaurants, camps, and schools are far more detailed than the White House believes is necessary. They were shelved for weeks. Instead, the administration issued single-paged memos with very simple recommendations. On schools, the memo suggested only having a plan for if students or employees get sick. But the latest CDC guidelines go much further, saying, if a person in a school building tests positive, school should consider closing for one to two days to clean and disinfect the building. Democrats argue the White House has muzzled the CDC, putting lives at risk. These guidelines haven't been publicized because the Trump administration has tried to sabotage and conceal them. Not be a light switch. That With the president's own health officials warning against reopening too soon, CBS News obtained a recording revealing the Trump campaign is recruiting pro-Trump doctors to promote his competing views. Those are the type of guys that we should want to get on out on TV and radio to help push out the message. 
The election is on Mr. Trump's mind, too. Mail-in ballots are very dangerous. He attacked Michigan's Secretary of State for illegally sending out millions of absentee ballots ahead of the election and threatened to withhold federal funding. Jocelyn Benson responded, Michigan sent out applications, not ballots, just like my GOP colleagues in Iowa, Georgia, Nebraska, and West Virginia. A Trump campaign official claims in Michigan even sending out an unsolicited application is against the law, but a constitutional law expert tells CBS News that is not true. With the election many months away, one thing is clear, the president already focused on the conversation about voting rights. Nora? Weija, thank you. And as the number of airline flyers plummeted to record lows, customer complaints soared by more than 350% in March compared to a year earlier. At the top of the list, demands for refunds for unused tickets. But now the airlines are pushing back. CBS's Chris Van Cleve reports. Karen Gossman booked her ultimate family vacation to Spain. Then COVID-19 happened. I'm angry about the whole thing. She canceled the trip and asked Delta Vacations for a full refund but ended up with a $3,100 travel voucher. What do you think about not being able to get a full refund? I didn't feel it was fair, and I just feel like we should be getting our money back. We'll never get that trip back. Karen's not alone. A review by five Democratic senators estimates airlines issued $10 billion in travel credit instead of cash refunds for flights canceled due to the pandemic. Senator Ed Markey is now proposing legislation requiring airlines to cough up the cash. The airlines have a moral responsibility, given this health care crisis, to give that money back to the passengers. But airlines say Markey's bill could force them into bankruptcy. Everything that we do is in accordance with DOT regulations. Southwest CEO Gary Kelly. But bottom line, if I'm a Southwest customer and I decide I don't want to fly, can I get a refund? Uh, if we cancel your flight, then absolutely you are eligible for a refund. If you purchased a refundable fare, uh, then uh, according to the terms of your contract to carriage, absolutely you can get a refund. If you have a non-refundable fare, that was the deal, but you can, you can reuse it at a, at a future point. CBS News has learned that Transportation Secretary Elaine Chao has personally spoken to each U.S. airline CEO about relaxing their refund policies during this uncertain time. Delta says it has issued $1.2 billion in refunds since March to eligible customers. Nora. Chris, thank you. Tonight, there are multiple congressional investigations into President Trump's removal of inspectors general. Those are the officials charged with investigating corruption in government agencies. It comes as Secretary of State Mike Pompeo is firing back at his critics. CBS's Nancy Cordes reports. A defiant Secretary of State defended the firing of his agency's inspector general, Steve Linick. I should have done it some time ago. Secretary Pompeo would not say why he wanted Linick out. I can't give you specificity. And he downplayed reports that Linick had been investigating him. I've seen the various stories that like, someone was walking my dog to sell arms to my dry cleaner. I mean, I mean, it's all just crazy. CBS News has confirmed Linick had been investigating a controversial arms sale to Saudi Arabia and the alleged use of a State Department aide to run personal errands for Pompeo and his wife. 
But I'd rather have him on the phone with some world leader than have him wash dishes because maybe his wife isn't there or his kids are there, you know. President Trump has fired or replaced five independent watchdogs, including Linick, in the past six weeks. What this president is doing is undermining our democracy. A trio of top Democrats are now investigating why the acting inspector general at the Transportation Department was just replaced. They say he had been probing whether Secretary Elaine Chow steered grants to projects in Kentucky, the state her husband, Mitch McConnell, represents. Leader McConnell has long denied that his state got any special treatment. His Republican colleague Chuck Grassley told reporters today that he's irritated that he has still gotten no explanation for these firings. Nora? Nancy Cordes on Capitol Hill tonight. Thank you. Tonight, Apple is updating its software to make it easier for you to unlock your iPhone while wearing a mask. The company says users who normally use Face ID will now be able to swipe up from the bottom of their lock screens and type in a passcode if their faces are covered. Who says graduations can't be special this year? Nashville's Don Charles Spencer was overcome with emotion as he was awarded his diploma in a drive through ceremony. The graduate of Pearl Cone High School thanked his mentors as he made his way along the procession. The school's principal says Dontrell wanted to make his mother happy by graduating. Ah, congratulations. The Naval Academy's class of 2020 got a big surprise today at its swearing in. At the precise moment that the new officers made their traditional hat toss, the Navy's Blue Angels streaked through the sky overhead. The graduates' families couldn't be there, but the surprise helped make the ceremony extra special. How cool is that? Gives you the goosebumps. All over the country, streets and trails are filling up as Americans fall back in love with biking. CBS's Omar Villafranca takes us out for a spin. I think this is amazing. I'm going to be riding around way more. After weeks cooped up inside, Marina Matarina and Maria Ng couldn't take it anymore and decided to pedal their way through the pandemic. You hadn't ridden in how many years? 18. <laughs> what is this doing for your mental health? Oh, it keeps me from going crazy. <laughs> These women and millions of others across the country are back in their saddles again. Cycling is actually a pretty solid, safe, social distance outdoor activity. Eric Bjorling is with bicycle giant Trek. A recent survey done by the company finds that 21% of adults with bicycles plan to ride more during the pandemic. And 50% say they'll keep riding after the pandemic ends. That's led to several record online sales in April. Woody Smith owns Richardson Bike Mart in North Texas. Smith says he had to hire new staff to accommodate the spike in online sales. And his service and repair business is up 30%. Parents are going nuts and they're all at home. Let's get these kids out and burn some energy. Parents like Priscilla Martinez. I think the last time I did something like this was when I was like my daughter's age. For Mackenzie Kirkpatrick, who was on a family ride with her daughter Merritt in tow, riding gives her a chance to relax. I'm still with her, but I'm not having to entertain her. It's just a mental mom break. A way to keep the body and brain healthy. Omar Villafranca, CBS News, Dallas. I love it. Before we leave tonight, a brief note about working in the era of COVID-19. Last night, some of you weren't able to see this broadcast due to a technical failure that kept us off the air on the East Coast. 
Like so many of you, for more than two months, we've been figuring out how to work from home with limited access to our offices and our usual technology. But that hasn't stopped our commitment to bringing you the news. I'm extraordinarily proud of our small team and everyone at CBS News who all work so hard to bring you this broadcast. And we appreciate you watching each evening and for your messages of support. That is tonight's CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell in Washington, and I'll see you right back here tomorrow. Stay safe, and I hope you have a good night. Hey, it's Matt Norlander with the CBS Sports Eye on College Basketball podcast, and it is tournament time, people. So listen to the one podcast that will cover every upset, Cinderella, Bracket Buster Sleeper. We've got it all covered, every round, reaction shows, all the way up through the championship game in Glendale, Arizona. To find us, search Eye on College Basketball podcast wherever you get your podcasts.